So jitta and chetasa clearly linked for you know, chetasa, that which emanates from chitta. Chetasa, chetana is uh, also karma. These, these terms, references. But, uh, so where there's chitta, in, or it's in its activated state, that should be called chitta, it uh, is associated with chetana. And Jitana is translated as intentional, sometimes volition. Um, volition may be, though it's not such a usual word, uh, perhaps gives you the idea that not all intention is deliberate or considered or th- conceived of, but it's more or less some of it's just most sort of spontaneous, seemingly spontaneous pushes and urges and trembles and and resistances uh, as uh, like emotional, psychological, even physiological um, domain. Mm. Karma, action, but also karma, the field of karma also includes the results of action, called vipaka. Mm. Each karma, each action leaves a result, called vipaka, and the uh, abiding tendency to the results, so if one is going in a particular direction repeatedly, you build up certain residues. So, you know, one action has a certain result. If you keep acting the same way with the same kind of inclination, you build up a residue which becomes a, a tendency or an acquisition. And it's referred to as uh, upadi. It defines you. It becomes the foundation for selfhood. It becomes your blueprint, your footprint. Uh, so much so that one foot easily wriggles into that that shape. And to get it out of that is, uh, takes some work. And generally the big picture is you set up strong inclinations go against the residues, against the habits, check karma action, uh, release the results and, and step out from the residual footprints. And this itself is, is of course very profound, even to know what they are, you can see is something. Uh, because the nature of jitta is holistic that means that some aspects of jitta seem to be other people and some aspects of jitta seem to be the past and some aspects of it seem to be me and some aspects of it may seem to be the possible future. But if it's directly experienced, that which is experienced, that which is affected, that which is effective, is in the domain of jitta. And and but as so in the nature of experiencing, you've only got this experiencing quality, and you know clearly sometimes it oh that's her or oh, that's yesterday, mm. and 
So, for example, if if you know a person becomes mentally disordered, dementia, they don't really know. They can't distinguish twenty-five years ago from today, uh, and, and we can. But really, that that's a particular function of the of the that the jitta creates called mano that creates these divisions. That's me. That's you. That's for you know pragmatic purposes. Although this is naturally the way it has to be in this uh, sensory condition, um, the problem is that um, the uh, qualities that those categories that fill those categories, such as pleasure, displeasure, uh, disagreeable, uh, favorable, and so forth, in all their subtle and gross forms, are seen as me or you. Mm, this is absolutely normal. It's projected. Uh, this projection process is called papancha. Uh, it's a sense of things start to build up intricate strategies and scenarios. As in one, one recognizes how we uh, mind concocts these very intricate and and beautifully configured. Uh, scenarios of myself and you and what you are and what you think of me and so on. You know. mm. And the future, of course, which is pretty much wide open because it hasn't happened, it never happens, so it's pretty much a blank sheet in which one can really project all one's desires and fears. <laughs> uh, and the past, of which is not so blank, but it's certainly, uh, you know, you can consider that how many moments there have been in this lifetime and how many you actually remember. And, and not just remember, but are stabbed by, uh, uh, worried by, hounded by, uh, uh, nostalgic for, weeping over, longing for. Uh, percentage. You know, putting the laundry out on Thursday night was not a big deal. <laughs> you know, other things stay there for a long time. And so there's this charged quality, potencies. Mm. Now this is how it is, I suggest. And maybe it's something to be, to be learned from that, is, is not that there's no not that there isn't anybody else, and not that people aren't, you know, skillful and unskillful and so forth, but just noticing what one's jitta actually accumulates and and stores, potent, and is whis- and is brought out at a moment's notice and unfolded. And this is we call this is the, you know, this is the karmic process, and that becomes the basis for one's future actions. Since this is how it is, then we would do ourselves a favour by not storing up the negative, wouldn't we? Uh, instead, we would store up, there must be something positive happening <laughs> to have got this far. And we'd store those up and feel rather blessed and, and uh, 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 you know, and at times, of course, we can recollect that. Uh, and other times, just... Uh, stuff rushes up and it's not that we chose it as a conscious action 
but we were triggered, volitional triggering, boom, boom, and then the whole thing arises with all its papancha escalating, proliferating tendencies and scenarios develop that we feel very much enmeshed in, throttled by, uh, smothered by, overwhelmed with. And this is myself. That which is most familiar becomes experienced as myself. Mm-hmm. This is the you know, domain of citta. And, and of course the teachings are, well, you know, best to do bright karma, good actions, and learn how to dissolve or discharge the negative ones, how to relinquish, how to not get stuck in them, how to do the forgiving or the releasing or whatever it takes to, to you know, uh, clear that and how to bring up the good and stay with that. This we call right effort. Inclinations, what you're interested in. There's a particular f- favoring that uh, is to be encouraged. Uh, something about uh, the mind is it, it tends to unconsciously in- note the the unpleasant. Um, Uh, the triggering of the unpleasant. This is a mind that is uh, more embedded, more inclined towards the experience of ill will. Doesn't mean she's a nasty person. It means, um, you know, for one reason or another, the mind is more inclined, embedded in that experience either of having ill will directed towards me, you know. So the ill will is, if you see it, it's like in two forms. One is other people do bad to me, it hurts me, I remember it, it makes me tight and narrow and defensive, therefore I'm brittle, therefore I get, in that tight defensive way I get angry because that's that's what happens when we get pushed. When you compress the jitta with hostility, it either collapses completely or it pushes back with ill will, complaining, grumbling, fighting back. It's probably better to fight back than just collapse altogether. So, you know, so sometimes it's this sense of negativity, irritability, you know, is because of the, we've been in a field where, you know, hostility has been uh, presented to ourselves, or non-loving. Sometimes, you know, we look at this thing, this theme very broadly. It's maybe sometimes it's actual directly direct malice. Sometimes it's shaming, putting down, belittling, uh, negative comparisons. You're not as good as you should be better than. Raising the bar all the time. You know, so you always feel you're not quite good enough. It can be this, which isn't necessarily hatred in a, in a raw way, but is not loving. Is not lifting, is not cherishing, is not valuing, is not deeply appreciating. Mm. And, you know, so there's also this 
could be like a chronic low-level ill will is just the actual absence of goodwill. You know, one is treated as a thing, an object. So there's no real touching of, of the heart. And this, uh, you know, this is punishing, and this is kind of what happens in prisons, really. Or, or in, in, is not necessarily that one is constantly brutalized, but the sense of being seen as a subjective, sensitive being, or given those, those, you know, the kind of things we would normally offer, like what would you like, or how can you make, you know, all that's taken away. So this is just the, the complete withdrawal of sympathy. And so that can be extreme or perhaps, you know, less extreme but still experienced. One is seen as uh, a student in a class who is not quite up there at the top of the line or, you know, the kid who wasn't as good as an elder brother or, what, you know, you name it. Mm. Comparative the withdrawal uh, of metta. Metta uh, comes from sympathy, recognizing this one too, feels, senses, is chitta. This is chitta. This is chitta too. This is also sensitive. And the metta is that inclination to move towards that uh, being with a kind of generous and how could I help that quality. How could I, you know, to, to see it and to to uh, to wish to warm and and connect to that? And this can be radically missing. So then, this this we can say the result of that isn't necessarily through one's own volition, but through the volition of others, or the absence of volition of others. So a certain pattern gets established where one is always pushing harder to get, you know, the warmth or the nourishment that chitta needs. So it's pushing harder and it becomes a norm where one, you know, one's shaped towards pushing harder. And if that becomes the default, you don't, we don't even really do it as an act of will, it's just that's the norm to, to constantly push harder. To, to the higher state. And when this kind of comes over into meditation, then we get a certain intensity, but not the contentment and the comfort and the ease. And, 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 and if this is also, you get results in the body, the body becomes uh, numbed or tight or tense doesn't really deeply relax. And these are things, then there's a footprint there. And one easily moves into that footprint. One is easily picks up signs that will take you back to that footprint. One sees in the manifold, multifaceted, multidimensional world, memory, internal, past, uh, external, uh, humans, uh, things, trigger. And then I'm in the, that state again. And it can be gestures, you know, t- things that on one level seem really minor. Seating arrangements, um, you know, 
that 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 can can be seen to be seen to be carrying all kinds of messages, and of course the messages come from the chitta, and and not in, and one could say, well, you know, snap out of it, <laughs> but they're not always under one's control because some of these things, the because they are you didn't put them there in the first place; they were planted. Yeah. So, because you didn't actually do the action that put it there, then you can't really do much about it uh, in, in that in that way, except to to contemplate and to realise this is the quality of ill will, and not in a blaming way. This is part. This is one of the in the atmosphere that we breathe psychologically there is this trend the ill will trend the hostility the non-loving kindness the absence of it the aridity of the atmosphere the non-caring the you know and then there our aspiration the encouragement is could it be that even in that, even with those potentials there, I'm not triggered by it because the heart itself has found access to goodwill, generating goodwill, generating compassion, generating appreciation, generating equanimity. So we start to you know, cultivate, sustain, look for the signs, the symbols, the images, the inclinations, the suggestions, the attitudes that will foster, strengthen these qualities so that that we don't keep sliding back into that footprint. Mm. Even if somebody pushes you towards it, you don't go into it. As we say in the Im- in the image of the simile of the saw, the Buddha is saying, you know, if somebody robbers catch you at the crossroads and start sawing off your limbs, then if you, you co- if you have any degree of ill will, then you really haven't fully developed the practice. <laughs> of course, it's a pretty <laughs> high standard. <laughs> Uh, you know, I think the Buddha made these very striking uh, statements to, you know, well, what's that? And you can kind of figure it out in some way logically, like, well, what's the point of having a will anyway? You know, it's not going to, they got you tied down, sawing you up, you know, it doesn't do you any good. Uh, and then it's not that you think they're great or you love them, but is a quality of this what's really necessary in such a time is for the mind to not get overwhelmed with hatred, fear, rancor, resentment, uh, whatever. You know, the heart is sustained. Sustain the heart because the body has to go. Sustain the heart. And you know, situations, there are probably many causes 
for feeling irritable and and cheated and unfairly dealt with and so forth that, that are true and yet also as a Dharma practitioner saying yes this is not this isn't true potential is it possible that you could protect your heart and in Dhamma practice yes Uh, willingness to meet the unpleasant compassion willingness to open to the unpleasant to just as one would embrace you know a cat or a dog or a cuddly thing one embraces the ugly crying, screaming So the chitta doesn't slide into these hellish states. Appreciation. Mm. Mudita. Ability to savor the good, the painless the freedom from pain, the degree of health, sanity, clarity that's present. And it's great gain for me that uh, in this mottled world I see the bright and I linger in the bright and I associate with the bright. I have done the bright have cultivated generous qualities how does that feel how did it feel to cultivate the patient qualities how did that feel do you take stock of these and feel blessed by them because if I hadn't cultivated those I would really be in trouble <laughs> you know if I hadn't cultivated the generous or the patient or the honest or you know I, I didn't get stuck in liquor and drink Wow, it's a great gain. You see people ruined by that. Notice, you know, the, the bad that one hasn't done. And, uh, you know, I could have. We're all capable of that. And compassion for those who weren't able to do that. Equanimity is this recognition that, you know, Things are constantly flowing, changing, shifting. So it means that you stay open to the flow of experience and don't make a final statement. Right? Oh, that's it, got it. No, that's not going to work. <laughs> uh, oh, it's never going to, you know, I haven't got it. No, that's not true either. It means there are, there's this movement of conditions from the positive to the negative, uh, the afflicted, the bright, 
places where there's stuck potential and places where it's freed up. And so this is spans the domain of jitta and its volitional quality, its ability to be activated. So this both means actions and also the ability to be activated, the potential to be triggered. Yeah, in our practice then we can feel, oh, this potential to be triggered has been completed. I know, you know, that one doesn't happen for me or hasn't happened for a long time. Oh, what's that like? Ceasing, quietening, ceasing, something has ceased. Empty. An emptiness that's not blank, but just rich, rich spaciousness. And then, oh, that's it. And then, bang. (laughs) There's something that still active arises, potentials arise, triggers arise. Mm. So that's it. Equanimity means we stay open and uh, to this flow of of jetasikas, mental concomitants, mental potentials in the field of citta. Um, so, and then of course there is the escape from the field of citta, the unconditioned. Mm. So having progressed through or processed this domain of cause and effect and potentials and being activated and so on, having completed that, having you know, long, longer been triggered, there is the escape from the field of chetana, of karma. This is possible. Then citta, this moment of escape, is called anya, realization. Um, sometimes nisarana, the escape, the way out, realization, realization that one has escaped, mm. or escape has happened. Vimuti, realization that liberation and liberation has arisen. Mm. These are Anya, of which are the the four, stream entry and so on. When whole clusters of residues of attachment, of acquisitions fall away, the substrate of self disappears. Now, you know, most of our practice gets to get, you know, from the big picture to the more parochial view <laughs> is uh, learning, you know, because there is this domain of chetana, we have to learn to be flexible and agile within it. Otherwise, what's going to happen? We just go to the, must go always go back to the defaults. There's a sense in which we're numb. We just get thrown into these like a shuttlecock, you know, like a baseball, bong, there you go, there you go, there you go, there you go. So it's this sense of, 
you know, if you don't get flexible, if you don't learn how to to hold your ground, if you don't know how to duck, you don't know how to weave, you don't know how to open, if you haven't got this flexibility of intention, then, you know, it's like, it's like a, you can't dance, it's too stiff, you just get knocked around. So you have to cultivate flexibility of intent. And this means there's a sense in which uh, the jitta has to begin to feel its, its own potentials to rise, to open, to, to delight, to steady, to stabilize, to expand, uh, to discern. Mm. And so this is our bhavana cultivation. And in cultivating this you get strength, bala. Mind becomes strong, not easily knocked around, not easily crushed. And building this up to the degree to which, uh, when that is process, the exercises, the learning processes are established, then the jitta begins to do it by itself. You don't have to keep saying, "Come on, get back to this. Come on, do it again." It just starts to know what to do. It may need reminders occasionally. You know, uh huh, reminders check in, remind, remind, but then eventually it begins to know what to do. And then you don't have this meditator doing it all the time. Now, the meditator, the one who does meditation, is you know, a feature of what we experience, and uh, you know, the one who's trying to learn the system, get it, you know, writes a sheet on how many hours they sat, or walked, or um, what their practice is about, and then the meditator, which is probably the necessary scaffolding to or frame to 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 support the jitta until as the jitta gets stronger, the meditator can fall away yeah. but it's not strong enough, you still need to be somebody there doing it and so starting to practice these things. In practicing metta, you deliberately pick up that which attracts it. Mm. One feels the worthy, the beautiful, that which one would actually rather enjoy moving towards. You pick up themes of that nature, just to to get the jitta to remember this. It's stuck in negativity, self-complaining, criticisms, doubt, depression, then you just pick it up and put it into something where it can feel oh, I could I could love that it rises it's mundane practice that which we could care for and protect uh, you know, creatures people sick uh, people in afflictions where compassion would arise so you can trigger these uh, to get the feeling that the chitta knows, oh, there's that energy, that potential. Mudita, celebration. Sometimes this one gets missed because compassion kind of more, seems more noble. But mudita, uh, absolutely necessary to gladden 
the heart and to acknowledge and firm and highlight the good in oneself and others. So really this, this piece, mudita, sometimes lacking and then without re-knowing really it we're not, not fully offering or back to, to ourselves and to others the beauty of our actions. That's often there to be highlighted. Remember this. Anamodana is the expression that the Sangha uses and almsgiving. Anamodana. Acknowledge this, the generosity, the goodwill. Acknowledge it. Mm. It's very practical. Rather than saying thank you, which is gracious, but Anamodana means the mirror. Look, that was, you see? Mm. Turn it back. This helps the diff to wash away cynicism or you know purely being purely pragmatic right. you know given the food they need to eat given the food they've done the, given the food wash the dishes that's it <laughs> but pragmatically yeah but give the food and notice the quality of giving you know, examples such as this where we we linger in the felt quality the heart quality in what we do, whether it's the chores or the service or even you know, any, anything, we, any actions we cultivate in retreat, you have the chance, because there's no great pressure or hurry and no rewards, no promotions from, you know, bathroom cleaning to putting out the shrine or something. It's all, you know, there you are. And so just, this is my service. This is making it comfortable for others and offering beautiful qualities to cultivate. So the chitta knows this. It gets familiar with those those chitanas, those tendencies that enrich our lives. Upeka, equanimity, is the weather, being with the weather, internal and external. This too will change. Trust the process. Now when these qualities are, are, as any mental qualities are embodied, they acquire double strength. Certainly these qualities, if one considers them, they're, they're, we can recognize these are attractive qualities as ideas, but then realizing that many of the uh, upadi, the residues, the, the acquisitions, how are embodied. You have somatic pressures, somatic contractions, somatic absences, dullness in the body. Areas blocked, no juice in them. Uh, uh, you know. uh, and this is rarely because of diet. Maybe, but rarely because of physical conditions. This is by and large because of emotional and psychological conditions. The body responds somatically to contact and to the contact from others and to the atmospheres in our shared domain. We feel nervy, we feel 
you know, retracted, mm. and so on. So, this, uh, bringing these qualities into the embodied domain uh, is necessary to clear these residues. This is where you really begin to encourage you to, when you cultivate a quality like metta or karuna, you may have an image, an idea that triggers that, an inclination, but actually feel the energy of it. Try to sample the energy of goodwill, the richness of it, the uh, fluidity of it, the warming of it. Notice they're all described the same in that the chant we do. Exalted, a certain lifted, abundant richness, mm. measureless, no, no boundaries, mm. like something that flows. And for the qualities of those, those qualities. London exalted, free from the cramp, the souring, the closure effects of ill will. Mm. Open, free from these cramping effects. You detect the energies, so you deliberately cultivate these qualities on a kind of surface level to others. Yeah, and then sample the qualities so your chitta becomes familiar with those qualities not just as phrases not just to him or to her but as energies and then feel those energies in your body when your heart opens when you, you sometimes your skin seems to open up you feel less bounded less fenced off. Internally you may have areas which seem fenced off, bounded, withheld, defended, undernourished, absent, stale, stagnant. Mm. Is it possible to cultivate these cherishing, nurturing qualities and wash them through these, through this very body, so that the somatic imprints can be released. Mm. If they're not released, if they're not released, then they're going to rise again. You may feel in a good space, but if that potential isn't released, if the upadi is not cleared, then Sooner or later, something's going to drop into the, into your entray that brings all that up again. Mm. In your body, you can know it because many of these uh, aspects don't actually have much voice to them, or they're the voice that's fairly convincing. They don't say, "I'm ill will." They say, "Yeah." Oh, 
well, I'm not really that, it's not really my place to say very much here because I'm only, what? I don't want to disturb you because, what? Why should you be a disturbance? <laughs> Wouldn't it be a joy? Yeah. So they do all kinds of things like this. It's slightly dampening you know, qualities or inhibiting qualities that may have quite reasonable voices that have become your own. Voices of obligation. Well, I've got to do this. What's that? Well, if I don't, there'll be... That's fear, isn't it? I've got to work it out. I've got to... Why? Where did the got to come from? What would happen if you didn't? Disorientation. Uh, you know, you know we, we get into these uh, limiting factors. Obligation, uh, feeling like one is a nuisance to others, um, unworthy of others' attention. Um, fundamentally flawed. <laughs> Something goes wrong, it must be my fault. And so th- these can be very convincing. And so there's no point really trying to work it out on the head level, but it's noticeable what happens in your body when you get that shivering and shock and tightening and fluster and panic and tremble and shrinking. Okay, let's cultivate right there. Okay. Yeah, everybody gets this. It's not something so specifically yourself. Everybody gets these kind of experiences. That's the territory. That's the. That's what we work with. All of us work with that. When it occurs, and it doesn't have to be. It can be just the memory can do it. And then retreat time, as you know, this is a time when the footprints start moving around. Uh, from memory, from other people, from kinds of... The future creates fear and worry. The past can create fear and worry. Other people can create fear and worry. Ah, this means I have a lot of fear and worry. <laughs> you know, get it? <laughs> The common denominator, and where does that sit? Where does that sit in my body? Is it wrapped around my chest? Is it in my belly, my throat? Does it close my skin boundary so I become narrow and tight? Mm. So what are the what are the ones that don't speak? <coughs> we often uh, are given encouragement to listen to the chatter in our heads and listen to the space and let the chatter die away into the space. The chattering in the head is not, it's, it's a bit irritating. It's not such a big problem, really, because you can step back. It's not fun, but you can step out of it. And you can. You can step back from that. And just to know that you can do that, the chitta can, has this escape, this way of stepping back. 
But it's the stuff that doesn't speak is more difficult. Mm. It's just the somatic tension, somatic palpitation, waking up in the night, uh, feeling flustered, no particular voice to it. These are the footprints, the upadi, the acquisitions that uh, have, they may have been of experiences that were so difficult that one's jitta decided just to bury it because you could, one couldn't deal with it. So this is another strategy that jitta adopts, is just to, what it cannot, you know, overcome or deal with, just close it, close it, close it. This is a defense strategy. Then these start coming out. So one has, you know, really to encourage this cleaning the somatic domain. The results are that the somatic domain becomes stable, present, radiant, vibrant, alive, a tremendous resource for strength, for ease, for energy, Mm. such that one can easily get even dazzled by it, but then realize this is just the results of good. It's not still, it's just that, it's still in, you know, the conditioned. So one is aware of that, aware of that. So these energetic effects, and they can be blended, are a resource. And of course there's one more uh, powerful intention, which in a way is the supreme intention, because it's the intention of wisdom, to inquire, to sense, to step back, to balance, to sense which is appropriate, what's really happening here. This is the wisdom faculty. And wisdom, in terms of the conditioned experience, has an intent to it. The intent to handle, the intent to manage, the intent to investigate, the intent to balance. It's a, so there's an intent towards what is experienced. So not just changing the nature of experience, but an intent to handle that experience. What is appropriate? Is this a time when we just linger and take in the good, or is it a time we question, where's that really coming from, which we think is five years ago, which we think is what she said to me yesterday? What's happening now? It's that inquiring, that Yoni Sol Manasikara, turning back to the source, turning the mind back to the source of conditions. Where did they come from? Mm -hmm. It's not yesterday 
Well, it may have been, but now it's here. What is this? So we take the mask off the hindrance. Uh, And so there's this intention. It's a wise intention. An intention to step back and linger. This is to be savoured. This is to take in time. Mm. The intention to relax. Now is the time to rest. So these are various ways in which our, our wisdom faculty operates. It's not wisdom is not an accumulator of knowledge. Wisdom is the facilitator of know-how, adjusting mm. to be developed. Now, when uh, the common feature of, of our, uh, our stuck problem is that when an unfortunate condition arises, we get like the rabbit in the headlights, like, oh, yeah, yeah, what's going on? Help, you're stuck. <laughs> Shouldn't be like this, you know. It's the stuck chitta, you know, like pinned by whatever it, whatever's just walked in through the door particularly the ones that have no voice. What's this about? You know, we, we can freeze. Uh, freeze, faint, you know, fly. There's a few others with F that you could conjure up, but they're all this kind of immediate frozen reaction to, to experience, reaction to experience. And you notice certain qualities occur in that when one reacts, things speed up. Either things speed up or the time frame changes. You get a strong sense of time. Other things are really rushing along. You feel thrown in volitionally. That's the potential of that hindrance. Releases its energy into the system and everything speeds up. Hmm? So, So we don't decide to do that. It's just the very quality of what has been revealed carries huge charge in it. Now, when you touch into that, the energy of that is released and you start speeding and your mind starts trying to figure out what to do in a hurry. Why it's like this and who and where I'm like this and how long I'll be like that and what should I do now? You know, is it should be mindful or investing? You know, it starts to do this stuff and stuff. And ideas are bad, but what's the speed? That is not the speed at which wisdom can operate. That's the speed of panic. So then that, as you're sensing this, as we may very well sense it, just pause. Question, what's happening in the body? Can you breathe out? Where are your feet? So widening, whole body, widening, whole domain, widen, soften, to cut the engine, the speed. Ah, and now, now you can, things have opened, now you can get in there with your investigation. Without that changing, without that handling of volitional push, then things are too tightly woven, interwoven. You know, you can't get in. You want to, the very volitional push tightens the whole mix into something quite impenetrable and we're just thinking about it 
we're thinking about it, and we're maybe even giving a Dhamma talk. (laughs) Thoughts aren't bad, but they're just not going in because everything is moving too fast and you haven't penetrated it. So this stopping, pausing, cutting, checking, body, 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 uncomfortable. Of course it's uncomfortable. It wouldn't be a hindrance if it wasn't uncomfortable. And easing, what's needed, compassion, goodwill, comforting, space, time, rhythm, ground. So just helping the jitta back to its feet again, helping the jitta come together again from its shocked state, bringing it together. Now, investigate, investigate, investigate. Investigate in terms of nothing too complex, just this is dukkha. This is pressure, this is twisted, this is screaming, this is flattened, you know? What's needed? What's needed? What's always needed? Compassion, goodwill, heart, that which was shocked, so shocked it, it ran out. So confused it ran away. That's what's needed. Bringing it back into this traumatized domain. This is, you know, pa- practice to be very patient with because the most immediate response I would suggest for, well, in many cases, it's going to be one of these freeze, fight, flight, faint, fudge <laughs> qualities, you know, where we are. The most, if it's a whiplash response, it's probably the wrong one. Mm. It's a program, it's a reaction. True response is, is always press it, pr- begins with the pause, lift, body, mm. soften, widen, let heart come in. Completion, uh, peace can be uh, relinquished. 